This is a show about getting spooked for fun, and neither one of the hosts are associated with the attractions discussed in any way, except for those skeletons in Devin's closet. Some topics may go from ghoulish to ghastly, so viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to The Great American Scream. Okay, Adam. I uh, I got your text last night uh-huh. about uh, we're doing the the Beetlejuice thing. So I've got all my other favorite uh, stars up here. I've got Sirius, uh, Rigel, um, Vega, uh, Formal Hot. Uh, I've got all of them. Alpha Centauri. So what are you? What's spooky about these stars? I don't get. So I I have something that might may may change your plans because. Mm. Not only are we not talking about the star Beetlejuice, well, we're not I'm even talking. Upset. We're not even talking about the movie Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, and that what? was three. That was three. Whoops. You're telling um, me that not only is all of this star-related research out the window, and not only did I just peek my microphone, I think for the first time in the whole podcast, <laughs> but also we're not even talking about the movie Beetlejuice. No, we're not. Well, we are kind of talking about the movie by extension, because um, uh, okay, we're <laughs> yeah, Adam. Hey, Adam. This is not, now we're I'm out of the intro bit. Hi, welcome yeah. to the Great American Scream. I'm Devin Wright. That's Adam O'Connell. Yeah, and uh, you. Why don't you take the reins and explain what you've done to our our horror our horror culture no, and history okay. show this it's week? A, here's the thing: I was really, really itching to do a theme park episode. Um, Me too. I'm with ever, you there. Yeah. Ever since quarantine started, every like two months, I just get sad about theme parks yep. again. Um, and so this, I'm 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 hitting that stride right now. So I really wanted to do a theme park episode. Um, we haven't done one since we did our Icons of Halloween Horror Nights episode. But, you know, we've talked about Halloween Horror Nights. We talked about the Haunted Mansion. We've talked yes. about uh, the Tower Alien. of Terror. Um, there's a lot of... terrestrial encounter. Yeah, we talked about... <laughs> we talked about that one. Yep. Um, Breakfast Eisner's favorite ride. Yeah. And um, I was thinking, like, oh, we're going to run out of theme park stuff to talk about. But I uh-huh. found something that we haven't talk- talked about yet. We got um, all the way to the bottom of that barrel, it and is you said, "You know, bottom. I don't think I don't think this barrel's quite empty yet. Let me scrape. It's not the bottom. Let me scrape um, up this. I today I would like to talk about a, a now defunct attraction, uh, at least in the American parks. Uh, it is still, yeah, it is still alive in Universal Studios Japan, which means they get Nintendo World and also this. Um, it goes by many names." But uh, I His think it was Kevin. I don't know why I went with Michael. That's probably <laughs> Kevin Perger's father, Michael. <laughs> Michael Perger. Um, it goes by many names, but perhaps best known as. Yeah, uh, um, Dante's Divine Comedy, uh, the New Testament, the way, Necronomicon. Uh, Beetlejuice's Graveyard <laughs> Review at Universal Studios. Um, Yay! AKA the Universal Monsters Live Rock and Roll Show, AKA. Beetlejuice's Graveyard Mashup, a.k.a. Beetlejuice's Rock and Roll Graveyard Review, a.k.a. Beetlejuice's Rock and Graveyard Review. This show AKA, has gone through quite the identity crisis in the years, and we're going to talk about that. A.k.a. they thought a Universal Classic Monsters review wouldn't work out, so they put Beetlejuice on it? Yeah, it was not. We're even going to... Okay. Um, I, I'm not going to spoil because we're talking about it in a second. But so this attraction um, closed in Florida 
to make room for perhaps the worst theme park ride ever created, even worse than Superstar Limo. Um, what? Which is very disappointing because it, it was one of minions? my. No, it's not the Minions. It's Fast and the Furious. We'll talk about oh. that shortly. Um, we'll talk about that towards the end, at the end of Beetlejuice's lifespan. But um, this was. He's dead? <laughs> oh, the, the attraction. Yeah. You're not um, talking about the man. I mean, he is dead. Yeah, I, that's. Um, yeah. Uh, th- this was one of my favorite attractions at Universal Studios, not just because it starred Beetlejuice and the Universal Classic Monsters, two properties I really like, but I love, love campy theme park review shows. Okay, I I'm going to stop them. you. I love You're, them. We need to, like, I refuse to subscribe to the bull crap, if I may say, if I may be blue on this podcast. I won't subscribe to the marketing crap of calling everything at a theme park an attraction because you don't want to say that you only have X rides and the rest of them are shows. This is not an attraction. This is a show. Fine. It's a show. I, I consider an attraction to be just anything that you could. It's an activity. An activity. I Would watched you I call this. it an activity? I watched this and I would not consider myself attracted to it. <laughs> anyway. I would um, call it a repulsion. It's because. <laughs> It's because I love campy theme park review shows. I love them all. I'm always thinking of them in my head. The I adore them. Um, Pull one out right now. What's your um, What's your dream theme park review show? My dream theme park review show. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is kind of already my dream theme park <laughs> review show. That's really sad. Um. I've always wanted to see though. Um. So there's this thing in Disneyland, or it used to be in Disneyland. I don't know if they're there anymore. In their downtown Disney area, where they had a Alice in Wonderland themed rock band that would play uh, like weekend nights um, and all of the different members of the band were uh, like rock and roll versions of the characters from Alice in Wonderland. So like Alice is the lead singer and there was a guitar, the guitarist mm. was the Mad Hatter, like the Caterpillar was the drummer and stuff. It was really cool. And they would play not Alice in Wonderland thongs, songs, but like Alice in Wonderland, like adjacent songs or songs that shared themes hmm. like they would play like crazy by Narls Barkley like that's the kind of stuff okay. that I'm super into I've always wanted I, to see one of those with like Nightmare Before Christmas or something like that I want a review show where it's all of the Disney ingenues okay together like you got your Aladdin Hercules and also some of the ladies you got Ariel mm-hmm. Rapunzel all those all those fun friends and they it's a competition to see who of them is the most wistful they do all their different songs. <laughs> um, also, yes, this the uh, Beetlejuice is the show that invented the, the the classic monsters rock band. However, they invented that we are perfecting the concept. Yeah, I also didn't know about it. So <laughs> yeah, I, that means that we came up with it. We're perfecting the concept. Um, so we're gonna go back and talk about the history of the attractions, existence in the Universal parks, and uh, some of our favorite versions, uh, my favorite versions. But first. Uh, because this is Universal Studios, we have to get in the DeLorean and we have to go back. Okay. Um, I'm glad that ride is still there. Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's basically, it's the the Simpsons now. It's the exact same ride, different movie. (laughs) Um, so we have to go back to when Beetlejuice was created because Beetlejuice is not a Universal character. He's super prominent. So they just had this monster band concept. And then one day Beetlejuice just showed up and they were like, (laughs) I guess he's here. It's a Warner Brothers movie. Uh, it came out in 1988, directed by, directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, Winona Ryder, A-plus cast, 
great movie. Yeah. Huge success. Um, led to a big, like, a spinoff animated series, which made the show really popular with kids as well. Because, like, Beetlejuice, the movie is not really a movie not for kids. Not a kids show. Yeah. Um, but the movie. TV show is definitely for kids. So right. um, now everybody loves Beetlejuice. And it's a Warner Brothers movie, which yeah, means... I, I want to bring this up real <laughs> fast. This whole kid-adult line is something that is talked about all the time. That, like, oh, Disney does it so well. Pixar does it so well. Beetlejuice is the the type of or like Shrek does it really well. Uh, yeah, Beetlejuice does it in a way where one joke is completely for the adults and one <laughs> joke is completely for the kids. Because in the yeah. first five seconds of this freaking musical review show that Adam forced me to watch, <laughs> Beetlejuice makes a joke about wiping a booger on a fan's hand, and two seconds later, invites the entire audience to reach their hands to the sides of them and grope either. Uh, the pectoral muscle or the breast of the people adjacent to them. These are two <laughs> totally different. That's within those jokes are like back to back. Like they were writing these jokes and they were like, let's put the the fondling one right after the booger one. <laughs> I think that the way that Beetlejuice does it too is that like Beetlejuice is one of those line movies where like the line isn't that like, oh, the humor is both funny to kids and adults. It's that this is the line that like most parents of like, okay, this is like the most I will let you watch my child. Yeah. And the, and the, the most I will let the, like the most embarrassed I will allow yeah. myself to be while watching a movie with you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it is a Warner Brothers movie, not a Universal uh, movie, which does mean that Beetlejuice can and should be in the next, the new Space Jam. <laughs> Let's get it going. Let's put him in the new Animaniacs. Yeah. Crazy guy. Same themes, really, but I digress. Um, however, Beetlejuice has been licensed for use at multiple theme parks, uh, most notably Universal. But like you, if you have a theme park, dear listeners, you can license Beetlejuice for use in yeah. your park. He's um, very cheap. He yeah, <laughs> he is. You know, he is. Um, and as we talked about before, we got a Beetlejuice uh, Halloween Horror Nights house this year, kind of like we were gonna. And then uh, yeah. it canceled so that they opened it for a couple days. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and he appears as a walk around character at Universal Studios Florida and Hollywood during like normal times. Currently, currently, he's been doing the intro to the horror makeup show um, since they're not doing the walk around characters. And can I just say from the videos I've seen from there, he's just magical, like rolling about the stage, messing with the stuff on set. Like they give him a big bottle of hand sanitizer. And so kids can Good. go up and ask him for hand sanitizer. And he, like those videos of him just like pump in like half the bottle of this hand sanitizer in kids hands or kids like hands. putting it in his hands and like tossing it about the audience it's very good it's, it's and like 80 percent like, alcohol i would That's like dangerous. to commend him for his work that he's doing right now i there uh he has the a face shield having, that has a sandworm around it oh that's good it's i i like good. i like the idea of having a beetlejuice walk around character because that just gives some representation to half of the Renaissance Fair characters that we've ever interacted with. Yeah. It's just Beetlejuice. Yeah. I, um, the, <laughs> when the first day, after I moved to Florida, the first day I was, uh, my, my roommates and I went to Universal, I, uh, was taking a picture of Beetlejuice and I showed him my keys because I have a, uh, little handbook for the recently deceased, uh, notebook uh -huh. on my keychains. And he just took my keys and just ran. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. It was you, really good. You still haven't found your keys. There's yeah, no, he still has them. He can that get into my Florida apartment. That was just a dude. <laughs> um, 
So, yes, he currently appears as a walk-around character. However, he did used to have several other Universal shows other than his review. He was paired with the Ghostbusters, who also don't really have as much That's of a, a presence idea. In, uh, in the parks anymore other than the house that we got last year. Because the Ghostbusters also used to be walk-around characters. And the firehouse is there. People don't realize yeah. that it's the Ghostbusters firehouse because a rip-ride rocket goes right through it. Um, but it's the, the, it's the, it literally Good does. Ride rocket. Good, good, good roller coaster. Painful it's roller coaster from what I've heard. accelerator. Little rough. Uh, it's old though. It's for old, For that yeah. kind of coaster. But you get to um, like choose uh, out the of song. your favorite early 2000s songs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from 1990 to 1991, he appeared in like a Streetmosphere production called Ghostbusters House Call, um, which then was replaced by Beetlejuice Dead in Concert, which is a very good title. Yeah, all Beetlejuice <laughs> lends itself to very good titles. Yeah. Um, and that was replaced with Extreme Ghostbusters, The Great Fright Way. Um, That's also a great yeah. name. And One, of- I also just like upgrading the Ghostbusters to Extreme Ghostbusters. Like yeah. they're like Digimon, where like <laughs> they, they get to be the Mecha Ghostbusters and they have big metal arms now. Yeah. So all of these shows were some variant of the Ghostbusters trying to defeat Beetlejuice. Uh, some of them, most of them, I think, had musical numbers involved where Beetlejuice would like possess the Ghostbusters and make them dance to like late 90s rock good. music and disco songs. Good. It's good, right? It's good. That's, that's a good idea. And that, the instead of Slimer, instead of Slimer, there it should have been Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah, that yeah. would have been good. Um, however, the first permanent Beetlejuice show at Universal Studios uh, was Beetlejuice's Rock and Roll Graveyard Review, 1992, in I think both Florida and Hollywood. In Florida, it replaced um, the Fievel and American Tale stage show that had been. Wait, there since I want to talk day. about this real fast because okay, last yeah. night. So I've been watching this Kingdom Hearts YouTuber, uh, and he calls Mickey Mouse Michael Mouse because they're not on a first name basis anymore. Like okay. he he doesn't like him, so he doesn't call him by his nickname. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that Mickey Mouse might be short for Michael Mouskowitz, and he actually was Fievel's like uncle. Oh, but then okay. He went and got rich and didn't help out his fellow immigrant friends when they came to America, <laughs> which I think is kind of screwed up. Honestly. Yeah, um, but that's. Fievel was replaced by Beetlejuice in Florida, and then Hollywood, it replaced a Conan the Barbarian uh, special effects show, which Ugh, you can tell bring there's, that a, back. there's a pretty big discrepancy between the two theaters at these two different parks, um, and you can tell in different productions, because the theater in Florida and where the Fievel show was, it was a small outdoor theater with like bleacher seating and not a lot of rigging for special effects and stuff. It was just yeah. kind of meant to be like an outdoor stage you could put anything on. Um, while the theater in Hollywood was literally built to house a special effects show. And Which let me one tell did you I that, watch? the the one in Hollywood. Okay. Let me tell you, they use the special effects rigging. They did not get Y'all, rid of anything they used in Conan. <laughs> they tried there was a moving crew who was supposed to take a bunch of fireworks away from the Conan the Barbarian, and mm-hmm. Beetlejuice himself went there. And he disguised himself as one of the mover people. And he was like, no, actually, it's going this way. And he brought it back. Um, the set in Florida is still... Have you seen the the show in no. Florida in person? You <laughs> no, did? Because you... No. I thought you'd been to Universal... Like, you've been to Universal I've been to Studios. Universal quite a bit, yes. But you never stopped and saw the show? I'm not there for Beetlejuice or really any show. I'm there for the Hulk. I'm there for the mummy. I'm there for my good friend Spider's man. <laughs> um, the, but the sage in Florida was also pretty cool. It was this like big and castle hot butter set. butter beer. 
that yeah, hot, hot butter, butter beer's hot good. Butter, and it's always people gone. Debate over frozen butter beer versus um, regular butter the beer. Debate is the over. answer is hot neither. It's butter hot beer. butter beer. Um, which they only offer in the winter for some dumb. It's not a dumb reason. It's like hundred degrees it's in Florida. In the Florida. Summer. <laughs> it's Florida. It's not cold in winter. You don't just give me the hot butter beer. There's fake snow on all the buildings. It still fits your it's theming. Hot butter beer. Um, so the original sh- version of the show starred Beetlejuice and the Universal Classic Monsters. Uh, the original lineup was Frankenstein, The Bride, Dracula, Wolfman, and the Phantom of the Opera. Um, the premise was that Beetlejuice would like get the audience to say Beetlejuice three times, which transforms the monsters into a rock and roll group that goes on to perform uh, themed pop and rock songs. And that's been the premise of pretty much every version of the show with some variation and then pretty major switch ups of the lineup and the soundtrack. Um, and also like which in the Florida production had like this would lead to a very cool quick change effect with fog jets because they would all come out and they're like classic yeah. Universal Classic Monsters Regalia and then they would go behind this fog screen and it would change and they were like the black eyed peas now. Um not really, but <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. Uh they're uh, like well, singing, one of the productions like, did open with uh, what's that but oh let's get it started. That oh, used yeah. to be one of the opening numbers, and that's why I thought of that. Um and especially the Bride of Frankenstein, because her costume has gone through some widely different variations throughout the years of this show. Um, and then Frankenstein, like the rest of them are just singers. Usually Frankenstein's on guitar for almost all the mm. versions. I um, don't know why Frankie in particular, but they just slap a guitar on that That's man. That's thing. Yeah. So this original version ran from 1992 to 2005 in Florida and then from 1992 to 1995 in Hollywood. Also, Wayne Brady played Dracula in the Florida show in 1992 and he was 20 years old. Good for him. Yeah. Um, so in each version of the show... Each monster will usually get some kind of solo. Um, And so the lineup for this original version was as following. The Wolfman would sing something called the Wolfman's Rap, which I don't I couldn't find what that was. And then also that song. uh, Thank you for letting me be myself again. You know that song? Thank you for letting me be myself. It was in Scooby-Doo 2. It was the ending song in in Scooby-Doo 2. It was the ending song in Scooby-Doo 2. That movie's good. Let's talk about that movie. (laughs) Well, that's. Making a mental note to do an, like an episode on those two movies. Episodes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Phantom of the Opera sang Great Balls of Fire. Um, yep. The Bride of Frankenstein sang You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Very powerful. Song. Very powerful. Yeah. Uh, Frankenstein would sing Hot Blooded and When a Man Loves a Woman. Um, Dracula would sing In the Midnight Hour. The one I'm going yeah. by Wilson Pickett. Um, and then the finale would be Deo and Jump of the Line, like from the Beetlejuice movie. Yeah. Um, so Deo. this. Yeah, so the banana boat song. So this version was replaced uh, by Pizza version. Day. <laughs> was replaced by version two, which ran in Hollywood from '95 to '99, Florida from '02 to '06, and then this is the version in Japan that opened in 2001, and this is still the version they perform. They have not changed it since 2001, which is of course not impressive. Um, so this is where the versions in each park get different. That like there's discrepancies between the Hollywood and the Florida versions. Um, they use the same concept and lineup in Florida uh, for both, but in Florida they cut the fan with the opera and replaced him with two dancers named Hip and Hop. Okay, Fine, sure. I guess um, yeah. I like keeping the Phantom in. Um, this is also the era of the show where Joey Fatone uh, played the Wolfman in Florida. Oh my God! Uh, but then got so tall that he had to be trained for Dracula and the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> oh, the range of this man. The range. 
Um, the Florida version adds a lot of disco to the lineup, which is interesting. Ooh. They do. It's Raining Men, YMCA, Hot Stuff, I Will Survive, all gets added to the Florida lineup, which is in, an interesting direction. But frankly, I want to dedicate this time to talk about the Hollywood version of this era, because this is the version that I made dead from watching. This is the supreme version of this show. I... Um, so there's a video of the closing day in Hollywood in 1999, and it is so good. The performers are giving me everything. The videographer has professional cameras and angles and access to the backing tracks and the mic feeds. So the audio is really and, good. Yeah, the audio sometimes cuts to like whatever the feed in the stadium in the yeah. thing is, which shows you that maybe the setup was not so good, but it doesn't matter. Also, it was 1999. It's, it's uploaded by a like company named Crapco. Yeah. It's just so perfect for this. Well, they filmed the, it. This was a gift for the actors as their closing day, and then like they just uploaded it to YouTube later on. The energy of the like opening, like super 90s uh, opening sequence, and it's so that part's so good. And then my favorite part of all of it, which is what I told Adam, it the the audience is not that fired up. <laughs> well, I'm sure this was like a 3 p.m. show, and the audience and doesn't sure know it's the, the last audience doesn't day. know it's the last one. Yeah. So they're just having a regular time. And the oh actors are giving it's so good everything. It's so, please like, watch it. The channel is called Crapco, C-R-A-P-P-C-O. It's so good. Please watch you, it. You, you have to watch it. It's so bad. I hated every second of it. Oh, I literally like I go back when I'm like feeling down. I go back and I watch this. So <laughs> it starts off with this is how every show starts off too with Beetlejuice, like monologuing, hyping up the crowd, interacting with the audience, doing jokes and improv. Going and a mile a minute. This mile man. a minute. He, this man he, like he it, again, physical transfers. comedy. He goes physical comedy. He goes to booger joke. He goes to fondling joke. Then he goes to he found somebody with a stripe bag. You have my bag. Maybe it has money in it. Okay, you hold on to it. Like he's going so fast. So and then good. and then he goes he, he finishes with this little audience participation. And then he then he does one of those call and responses. But the joke is just that the audience says nice ass. He makes that's the, the audience whole thing. say nice ass. It's, it's literally it feels like a day of interacting with street performers at the New York Ugh. Renaissance Fair, but condensed into two minutes. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so then, uh, like, all the monsters come out. Um, very dramatically. Yeah, fireworks um, start going. Fireworks. <laughs> Dracula enters on a zip line. Um, I, I'm sure all these actors are lovely people, but they, they, very, they have very diverse levels of talent vocally. Really? I thought so, they were all super good. I mean, they all are, seem very talented, but they don't all seem to have a voice that fits this specific show. So they you do have, all like, have quite different voices. You have like Beetlejuice, who very clearly has the voice down. And then you have Bride of Frankenstein, who's like, her voice is incredible oh in this. Oh my God. So She's good. And then you so have good. like Phantom of the Opera, who comes out and is, you can tell he's like a 19-year-old musical theater student. Very empty voice, and yeah. And like... It's so funny to watch him. They're sing, all great. Like, it's just different. they're all right. They're all great. It's just the the difference between them is so funny. Um. So the opening number for this version is a mashup of Rock in the Paradise and Rock and Roll All Night in a what I may say pretty dang good arrangement. I was wondering to myself like who who. <laughs> What talented person was contracted to arrange these? I Googled it and I found her website, too. She, like, <gasps> the woman who wrote the show. Let's get her um, on the pod. She Let's writes get her also on the, the pod. Impact shows. It's so good. 
Um, and it, like the arrangements for this and the backing tracks are pretty stellar. Um, yeah. So then the Wolfman performs a mashup of Knock on Wood, an incredible disco song. And uh, Do You Love Me? And the song's like, do you love me? Do you really yes, do? I watched it. I, this is for them, <laughs> not for you. OK, OK. Um, Knock on Wood was my favorite disco. And it's like it's not the regular uh, disco tempo of knock on wood either it's like he goes like there was thunder like it's yeah. so good. the amount of pyrotechnics in this show y'all at one point beetlejuice just throws sparks across the stage at seemingly for no reason yeah like, it's in the middle of a dialogue scene when he points his finger and the spark effect goes and it's like you could tell they just had that they, they were like sure just use it for that um then the bride of frankenstein sings i will survive um this That's woman's voice highlight. is is out of this world. And her costume, I think this is the best version of the Bride of Frankenstein costume that we see in uh, any of these, um, these in any, versions. In any production um, that involves the Bride of Frankenstein <laughs> whatsoever. She's got this like purple blue kind of like bustier dress on and then this white like overpiece that like clips around her neck and it's like a jacket, yeah. but it's so good. And then her wig's really nice too because in the original version, they kept the stand-up wig on yeah. her and it looked a little the funny. Elvira, like, um, but yeah. this one, she's like, it's like a loose curl with like the yeah. two white. It's so it's, good. She looks <laughs> she looks great. She looks sexy in, yeah. the, in the show. Um, she's giving me everything in this number. Uh, then the Phantom of the Opera sings Great she Balls of Fire. She did that for the gays. Yeah, she did. <laughs> um, <laughs> then the Phantom of the Opera sings Great Balls of Fire. Um, it's fun. Again, very, it's very fun. But to be a 19-year-old tenor singing singing Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. And it's like, Lordy, Lordy, Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> and it's like, well, no, that's not. Um, and he like, because there's a, there's a part of the set that like, it's this like old car with this huge light up organ background. That's just like the yeah. Phantom Zone. It's the I Phantom Zone. I think they're supposed you know, to represent like different eras of rock and stuff. So his is like yeah. 50s rock and you roll You know the, the car set? piece from iCarly where in the yes. in the right oh of the God. room it's the car You're that's so what, right that's what the Phantom has. yeah but it's also up i noticed this this piece is up at least 20 steps it's very and high they give him like a single count of eight to get up it and he doesn't make it and they cut away because he doesn't make it to start the piano solo but they gave this man a single count of eight to walk up like at least 20 stairs he's going he he's goes from the audience because he's doing an audience participation bit <sighs> single count of eight to run up from the audience back on the stage and then up these stupid stairs this, this tenor twink was complaining the entire rehearsal and being like um, so am i still do i still only have an eight count to get up there yeah can uh frankenstein come and do this interaction no okay i'll no, make okay. it um yeah uh and it's good so then <laughs> gets to my favorite part of the show where dracula sings a mashup of addicted to love which is changed to addicted to blood very yep, good that's um and then uh, in a matchup of In the Midnight Hour, this honestly, this whole performance in the middle might be why this verse is my favorite. This man is giving me cape. This man is giving me face. This man is giving me voice. This man is especially giving me cape. The cape he, choreo in this is he off the obtained chain. the cape again. This is all actually behind the scenes speculation for us. He got the cape in rehearsal and he's like, this is my whole character. Actually. Yeah. His costume is kind of giving me Kung Fu hustle. Like, I don't know what the oh. direction of his costume was. He's wearing like a black. Um, it looks like a karate outfit. It's like a black. Yeah. He's like top a and pants with yeah. red line. It's very strange. Um, I, I feel yeah, like they didn't have an idea. They didn't have an idea for him. And then he just showed up in that one day. To rehearsal, and they're like, I guess that's it. He's got this long black hair. So, like, they don't do the Bella Lugosi thing. They give him long black oh, hair. Oh, yeah. Um, and then um, 
uh, it, this is a thing in most versions where Dracula is lusting after the Bride of Frankenstein. Um, like right. that's the subplot they add, which is like it's such a weird. I it's I, like the fact uh, that they were adding a subplot to me was so funny. Of course, Dracula is gonna be the one that's like the the hot sex one, but he like listen, he's also you know you know you can't see what Adam I just, just did, did a limp wrist in the Zoom call. Uh, <laughs> but also like this is my favorite part about this thing and mm-hmm. why I like hated it. Mm-hmm. In a loving way. Yeah. Because, like, we both worked at a Renaissance fair, which is basically just a theme park that doesn't pay its employees. Mm-hmm. And, the, <laughs> like, you have the same kinds of shows where literally the the only reason these shows exist is to get people out of the park for 25 minutes. Yeah. The it's only, crowd control. It is crowd control top to bottom. And so, like, I was like, what are they going to do to keep my attention for 25 minutes? Are they just going to sing songs? Because then I'm totally good with it. But no, they said, let's add a a storyline in which Beetlejuice takes control of the Universal <laughs> Classic Monsters. Which, again, Beetlejuice is not owned by Universal. Universal said, "I'm we're going to let this Warner Brothers character come They're in. They're paying take yearly to license Beetlejuice. Yeah, take control of our beloved characters and not only have them sing, we're going to have a subplot where we're riding Frankenstein. And at one point, like, like the Frankenstein men, man loves the woman. They sing together at one point. It's just, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's so good. But this Dracula part is my favorite. This man's voice. This is a rock contratenor. This man. Yes. High, high voice. Um, he also like, <laughs> he lets out these like moans in the middle of the song. It's I did. So I did notice the onomatopoeia. Anatomo poetic. That's what he ends the song with. Like that's the the end. There's Does like he end it with a moan. Yeah, oh my yeah. god! Uh, I, literally, when we're done recording this, I'm gonna go back and watch it again. It's so good. Oh yeah, you it's my favorite help. part. And then, <laughs> then the Franken- Frankenstein sings when a man loves a woman to, uh, to the Bride of Frankenstein. Um, which by this man's voice is amazing. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, this is the only song of this lineup I would switch out because in the Florida version of this one, he sings Smooth, the Matchbox 20 and Carlos Santana song. And I would really like him to sing that in this one, too. But When a Man Loves a Woman is fine. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with they sing Higher and um, then go back to like Rock and Roll All Night and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's like a nice little mashup to end yeah. it out. The pyro, there's fireworks every four seconds. There's it's a dangerous show. Effects. There's wire work. There's wire work. It's insanity. <laughs> Who, like, this was a time when, like, Disney was, like, at its kind of low point of the mm-hmm. late 90s in theme parks. And Universal just came in and was like, let's just throw money at a Beetlejuice yeah. musical review. Like, that's um, great. This would unfortunately be the last version for Hollywood as this was the closing version of the show there um, yeah. and was replaced with Spider-Man Rocks, which um, here was not as good. He sure does. Uh, which I think is just a different version of the Spider-Man of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Um, uh, I don't think it's. I, I'm I sure it's, it's the same. I mean, I'm sure there's less injury in Spider-Man Less injury Rocks. and they use pop songs instead of original songs. But uh, the show continues in Florida. Um, so the show gets changed again in 2006, um, and this version ran from 2014. This is the version that I remember seeing the first time I went to Universal Studios. Um, again, Phantom, Phantom is cut from the versions from now on. 
A travesty. Um, um, but Hip and Hop are still in it and they're cheerleaders now, which slightly fits okay. the thing of the show better because uh, previously, like in the original version, they were just these two girls in like juicy track suits and like colored wigs. And everyone was like, huh? But now they're like Transylvania cheerleaders. So it makes more That's sense. That's cute. Their okay, costumes yeah. are much cuter. It makes way more sense. Um, this is I the like the opens- idea of them just being in track suits as if they like just walked out of like <laughs> r- like. I guess that's in Orlando, but if it was in Hollywood, they just like they got done with their morning run in Runyon yeah. Valley, and they just like ran. they got to Studio City, and that's like let's do a review. Um, this show, this version is the one that opens with "Let's Get It Started." Uh, remember, this was 2006, 2014. This is the kind of music that we're Black Eyed be. Peas were were where it was at. Yeah, um, the Wolfman sings "Jump," um, which might as well. Yeah, might as well. Um, <laughs> he's uh, not not. I mean. The Wolfman never really gets a, a song that has anything to do with him. But, like, there are so many, like, moon songs you could have sang. But, I mean, it's good. Oh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, why isn't that in this show? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, the Bride of Frankenstein sings I Will Survive. They keep that for her. Um, Frankenstein's Monster, they switch his song to Dancing in the Dark since he's on the guitar. Um, okay. Which is, like, it's a, a that song's a banger, but it's a little mellow for this version. Yeah, um, I mean, it fits kind of cool things down a little. Kind of solemn. <laughs> yeah, it's a kind of solemn beat of meditation in the and middle do of the show. Okay, so do you want to know why that <laughs> that it's dancing in the dark? Is because why? the thing that precedes the song is a joke about Frankenstein being afraid of fire. Uh, like they do a fire thing, and Frankenstein freaks out, and then they go to. T- he doesn't <laughs> like it. That's actually the reason they don't have pyrotechnics, is because yeah. Frankenstein is afraid. This is um, actually a big version of Plato's allegory of the cave. <laughs> Um, the Dracula, they change his, uh, his songs to Jesse's girl, which is becomes Frankie's girl. And then I'm you, into that. I like you that. give love a bad name. See, I think this is a huge downgrade from the previous version. I, I haven't seen it and I will never see it, but <laughs> you won't. It's gone now. So I liked the, I liked the move of addicted to blood. And I yeah. think ma- making the parody move, I think is a good one. Yeah, the parody's good. Like Especially if you did. don't change any of the other lyrics, just hey. the one that you have to Exactly. Do. <laughs> do you remember when in Glee they definitely only named Jonathan Groff's character Jesse so that they could have oh, uh, yeah. Finn sing Jesse's girl? Mm-hmm. Mm. We should it's do an episode on Glee. Oh, God. <laughs> the, the scariest television yeah. show. Um, but yeah, the, I feel like this this drag is kind of missing the, not to be blue, but like the raw sexual energy of the last <laughs> one. <laughs> My main note for Dracula is yeah. not sex enough. Yeah. Um, we do get big cape in the you give love a bad name section because he's not. They're like singing about they're saying you give love a bad name, Dracula. So oh. Dracula's like, what do I do? And then he's just standing in the middle doing cape choreo. Oh, good for him. It's really good. Um, they watched the Hollywood one and they were like, we should bring back the cape. Yeah. We need to make sure there's some cape in here. Um, and the rest are group numbers uh, or it's like some numbers, just the men or just the women like the bride and then hip and hop sing it's rain and men about the men on stage um oh okay she's like okay sure um and this production also introduced a, a segment in the middle where beetlejuice would possess the rest of the monsters and make them dance to like a pop mashup um okay and this one it was to hey ya um which like i don't ever uh, object to the use of hey ya anywhere i do <laughs> stop i outcast is great why did we have to ruin one of their songs by playing it everywhere? See, I literally never get tired of it. 
Um, You're part so of the then, problem. Yeah. So uh, then we move on to the fourth and final version. Uh, they changed it again in 2014. And this ran for two years, 2016. Um, I do like that they change it up. They keep it fresh, especially yeah. with the music and stuff. Because, like, I get using, like, timeless music in theme parks. is right. usually fine. But there's really only, like... There's a certain threshold for it before they just become like old. And you need to have one show that has modern pop stuff. Yeah. Um, this is a pretty huge change in both the lineup, the set, the script, all of it. Um, Hip and Hop are cut. They're from, gone. They're gone. But they introduce two new monsters. Um, they don't bring back the Phantom, but they bring back a new character, an OC, that is the Phantom of the Opera's daughter, whose name is Fantasia. And oh my then God. they introduce a female version of the mummy who is... Like they call her Cleo, so I think she's supposed to be Cleopatra. Um, listen, I love this. That's for a lot, but okay. Yeah, I love this for Fantasia, but Universal, you own the Phantom of the Opera. You don't have to call her the Phantom's daughter. She can just be the Phantom now. There are no yeah, rules like, that says the Phantom cannot be a woman. You can. They can all be women. Yeah. Okay. New rule: This the Universal Classic Monsters Band is no longer a band of men. They are all women. All now. women. Um, you don't They're have to create group. this new character because, like. They have to, it's kind of weird, they have to introduce Oh, we can't do her. that, because then it's basically just Monster High. Uh, yeah, which is uh, good, by the way. I mean, good, but we don't want to, <laughs> um, you know. Yeah, um, step on their toes either. Um, uh, yeah, uh, good for Fantasia, but, like, she can just be the Phantom of the Opera. Because the, then you have to go out of the, like, they take the time, they're like. Phantom is the, gender neutral. They're like the Phantom of the Opera's daughter, Fantasia, and the audience is kind of like, uh, okay. Uh. <laughs> um, and uh, I've also seen this version in person. Um, and so the set list you for this have one was, a, you need help. The uh, I, I used to live in Florida. <laughs> go on, uh, go on a ride. They have I rides. Did. I've been food. on. I've been on every Universal attraction except for Rip Ride Rocket and Hulk because I'm afraid roller coasters. Oh, okay. Rip Ride Rocket's not a scary roller coaster, but it looks a big scary drop. Big scary Once, drop. It's not. It's not that big of a drop. It's, it's like, huge. It's not. It's like a hundred feet. <laughs> That's too many. <laughs> you, we're gonna we're gonna ride Velocicoaster together. Oh no, it has inversions. Bad. Um. Uh. So the set list for this one, they open with "Let's Go Crazy" by Prince, which I think is a perfect choice. Ooh, yeah. Very excellent choice. Um. Then Fantasia's introduced. She sings "Sweet Dreams" uh, by the Eurythmics, which is also Ooh. very good. But also they give her. She's like a DJ or something. She's like a DJ booth that like turns around to reveal her and stuff. And like she's like in like an EDM. She like, should DJ just person. be the Phantom. She should just be the, the Phantom. Phantom of the EDM club. And yeah. she's a DJ. That's but yeah. She sick. sings uh, a little snippet of "Sweet Dreams" and stuff. Um. Then they bring out the mummy out, who she sings "Walk Like Like" a little bit of "Walk Like an Egyptian," and then she does like a rap. Um. Huh. Rap. Ah, uh, um, I got it. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, this this arrangement of "Walk Like an Egyptian" does go off, but like the whole right. thing surrounding it is a little weird. Um, uh, then all the girls to get then they do like introduce all the monsters and stuff. Then the girls sing "Girls Just Want to Have Fun." They um, do cute. Girls <laughs> do be wanting to have fun. Yes. Um. Then the Wolfman sings a a mashup of. Dr. Feelgood and Welcome to the Jungle, which I think is the best choice for the Wolfman so far. Ooh, Welcome to the Jungle. That's very good. Really you know good what choice. the Wolfman should sing? What? Speaking of Glee, he should sing the mashup of Rio and uh, Hungry Like the oh Wolf. Oh my God. Why hasn't? Maybe they couldn't get the rights to Hungry Like the Hungry Wolf. Hungry Like the Wolf. Yeah, Duran Because that would have been an obvious choice. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been an obvious choice for every production. Um, Frankenstein then sings Feed My Frankenstein by well, Alice but Cooper. But then it would have been... But hungry like the wolf man. 
<laughs> that would have been sad. <laughs> OK, um, yeah. Frankenstein sings Feed My Frankenstein by Alice Cooper. Again, excellent Ooh, choice. That, yeah. Don't know why they hadn't thought of it beforehand. Um, and then uh, Beetlejuice does his possession section where it usually just cycles through a bunch of pop songs, including uh, Watch Me, like Whip and yeah. Nene. And then, like, what does the fox say? Which is like, it kind of kills the vibe. Okay. Like, I was feeling it in the first Again, half. We need to step uh, into the behind the scenes section of The Great American Scream, where I can tell you that this sentence in the outline says BJ's possession section. And Adam has used the, the, the initialism BJ for Beetlejuice throughout this, and I don't like it. But <laughs> it literally has, it says, watch me. And then in parentheses, whip slash nene, which is. <laughs> I like a lot because it's watch me, watch me do the following things: whip or nay and nay nay. <laughs> very good. Okay, um, return to regular podcast. Yeah, it kind of kills the vibe in like the middle of the show because previously I was kind of like vibing with this classic rock, and then like yeah. they kind of it feels and the mashup move like it's pandering. It's pander. I'll say it. It's pandering. Wow. Oh wow. Adam <laughs> um, pulled out the p word. Uh, but then. Fantasia and Dracula sing a mashup of Smooth Criminal and Sweet Dreams. And this arrangement. That's sick. This arrangement goes hard. This this arrangement goes really hard. I'm not um, going to watch this, but I may listen to these songs. Yeah, it's 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 a Dracula redemption arc because this is a way better than the Jesse's girl. You could love a bad name thing. And it's MLM WLW. Yeah, this is gays and lesbians working together for music and art. <laughs> And then uh, the show closed with a reprise of Let's Go Crazy, but on the last day of the show's operation, they closed with Deo, um, which they hadn't used Very in cute. a long time yeah. in any version. So just to kind of like wrap it up. Uh, and this was the final version of the show as the theater, along with its next door neighbor, Disaster, um, the artist formerly known as Earthquake. I love that ride. I loved too. Both of them torn down to make room for Fast and Furious Supercharged. Which is just a screen ride, right? It's so bad. Okay. So it's like you're on a you're you're in a chair uh-huh. and there's tv screens on three sides of you and sometimes they shake the chair and sometimes they blow a fire extinguisher in your face so it's, vin- a, it's a motion simulator and but vin- it's bad but it's a horrible motion simulator like have you been on the kong one no i it's the same ride system though. yeah right? way better version kong is a way yeah. this is a much awful 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 version of yeah, Kong. because there's a Fast and the Furious section in the Hollywood. Yes, it's tram that, ride, but it's the full ride, and, and they it sucks. yeah, and they took it and brought it to Orlando, but bad. It's bad, bad, bad. I there's nothing supercharged about it. It was neither fast. It was not fast. It was not furious. Well, was it furious? I was furious after I wrote it for the first time because I right. literally I wrote it for the first time like two months after it opened, and I should it should have been a warning sign because I was like, oh, there was no wait, line. Wait till like yeah. ten minutes. This is a brand yeah. new ride. And my roommates and I went and we got off and we were like, is that it? We all know why. That was and then the you walked thing. over to the mummy. And yeah. Like, and then we rode the mummy, which is a way better ride. Um, so, yeah, Beetlejuice effectively got whipped and nae to death by Fast and the Furious. So, Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that was the end of his story. As far as the Wait, uh, is that the really the goes. joke you wanted to end this podcast on? You could have well, said no, that was... Vin Diesel drove a big, fast muscle car into Beetlejuice and smashed him to pieces while jumping off of a... A skyscraper when it was filled with money and he landed in a helicopter. But is you said what, no. Is that what the Fast I think that Furious was Fast 8. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen any of them. All right. Well, I don't watch car movies except for cars. <laughs> not a car movie, I would argue. 
Um, but yeah, so that was the end of the review. But Beetlejuice uh, does still appear in the parks, you know, um, like I'd say like, oh, maybe one day we'll see. But like, this is never coming back. It's never going to happen. It's, not, it's never coming when back. When are we going to get a, a reboot of Beetlejuice? You know it's coming. I know. I hope not soon, though, because the OG one still holds up. Yeah. And the Didn't musical I was good. did I read something online about them doing a Beetlejuice remake? I hope uh, not. Beetlejuice remake. I think... Beetlejuice Not. 2. Oh, that's been development for like 40 years or something, right? It's reportedly still happening wow. as of January 18th, 2020. There's so no way Michael Keaton's going to do it. Will Michael Keaton return? There's no way. I don't know. Keaton's got Keaton he's the, he's got Birdman now. Is that what we uh, call Birdman. IMDb News says that Beetlejuice 2 came from the same source that said that Lethal Weapon 5 is in the works. <laughs> So, yeah, I know. don't think so. Um, but uh, may I hope um, I hope they give another shot at the Beetlejuice Halloween Horror Nights house. Um, yeah. And be able to realize it at its full capacity. But uh, yeah, Devin, I'm really glad that you watched this. <laughs> I can't believe you made me do that. Oh, good. Please. I, again, channel is called Crapco. It is so good. <laughs> Please watch yeah. it. If you like amusement park shows, watch it and enjoy if you hate them you have to watch it because you have to feel the pain that i did oh my god it's i don't so hate good. the shows but i had to do them so it was great anyway thank you for listening to this episode of the great american scream uh we hope it was very spooky and scary and told you all about the haunted culture of beetlejuice back uh, in the beetlejuice <laughs> if you enjoyed please leave a rate and review on itunes or if you're on spotify you can hit the follow button or Follow and rate on whatever podcatcher you happen to use. Uh, also, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash greatscreenpod. We have tons of great rewards for you. Adam, can you pimp our social medias, please? Uh, yes, you can check us out on Facebook at The Great American Scream or on Twitter and Instagram more frequently at greatscreenpod. Um, let us know if you've ever seen the show, what you thought of it, which version you saw. And if you do watch the one that's on YouTube, please tell me what you thought, because um, it's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, you can tweet at us or post using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, uh, if you have a suggestion for um, or something you'd like to hear on the show, let us know, because your suggestion may become a topic for a future episode. Yes. Thank you to Michael Segudo, who does the disclaimer at the beginning, as well as Stevie Viola, who does the intro and outro music. And an extra special thanks to all of our current patrons. So thank you to Ben, Eric, Casper, Bree, Gail, Joyce, Brucker, Melinda, and Chris. I've been Devin Wright. I've been Adam O'Connell. And hopefully you have been spooked. And I'm hungry like, like the that. wolf, man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>